What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the what is now the Juice from the Box podcast. We are rebranding. Let's start a conversation to the Juice from the Box podcast. If you follow me on Instagram or any other social medias, I've talked about this before because I just felt like although this conversation, this podcast is about the conversation and just talking about anything and everything, uh, I just felt like the brand name just felt better because everything else I do is under Juice from the Box, and then I'm like, oh yeah, here's the podcast. It's just so much easier to brand it this way, but the content is still going to be the same. I just want to have great conversations. I'm also kind of thinking about having options of bringing in multiple people on the podcast, maybe having a co-host too that is just kind of there to look up stuff that we talk about or maybe has different questions, different opinions. I think that would be some kind of cool episodes to have with just an extra friend in here to join the conversation with somebody else. But I do like the one-on-one conversations because I think those are the best. So with a little bit of the rebranding news out of the way, I will say that this podcast is still kind of up in the air. I'm not going to have a scheduled of uploads. I'm going to try to actually record more of these. COVID, like anything else and everybody else in the world, this podcast got affected by it. I mean, it's the easiest way to say it. Uh, I've been able to keep my other podcast alive, which is the Batman News Weekly. But when it comes to conversation podcasts like this, everybody's schedules are so weird. It was very hard to keep this going. And also, I was doing these in person. So this is actually the first one that I've done online. And seeing how smoothly it went, I think I can actually start doing more of these. So I'm going to kind of reach out to more people since everybody is still being very cautious. Everybody is social distancing. Uh, I think this might be the smartest way to carry on this podcast. So people that actually want to do conversations, if you're listening to this, if you know me personally and you want to, you have, you have something to talk about, hit me up on Instagram or something and we'll go ahead and try to work something out. Because like I said, I'm all about just the conversation. With that being said, today's content is going to be a great one, but I do got to put a warning out there for anybody that might be listening to this around their kids or just needs to listen to, maybe you're listening to this at work, this is going to be a not for safe work podcast, just because I am talking to a friend of mine that is in the adult industry. So uh, yeah, we will be having a conversation with Lizzie Loves today, a good friend of mine that I've known for a very, very many years. We talk about it on the podcast, just how we we went from, I've actually got to see Lizzie grow up so much, which is crazy. And I just want, I wanted to have this conversation so much because of the journey she's been on. And I thought, it, I think it's just hella interesting. So we cover that and we cover like, you know, a lot of questions about the industry, where she sees herself in the future, uh, veganism, stuff like that. And it's just like, it's a really solid conversation. It was so glad to actually sit down and have a conversation because we haven't had a genuine conversation in a few years. Like I, we were even trying to guess the last time we actually talked to each other. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a great conversation, so I can't wait for you to hear for it. I just had to give you that warning, just in case you kind of like don't listen to this in headphones. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Lizzie Loves. So uh, we haven't talked in a very long time. How are you? <laughs> oh god, I, I feel like I have to like rewind in my brain, like how am I like... How many years has it even been? <laughs> I uh, I can't remember like the last time we genuinely talked because uh, we've we've definitely all went on different paths. Because like mm-hmm. uh, the one thing I always remember is the four of us road tripping is always the most like biggest memory between all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned it, I think, when I talked to Aaron on the podcast 
that I want to get everybody from the road trip on the podcast because that is still one of my most favorite memories of all time. Oh my gosh, me too. And um, like it was just so interesting. But I don't because I don't think we I did we, we went to VidCon again after that, right? I'm there, pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I think there was like another like one last time after that, at least for me. Um, I yeah. went with Nickel. I road tripped with him after. So yeah, okay, so. Yeah, I think I remember that one. But I think that's when I was having a terrible time at VidCon already. So I was like, I'm not coming back to this. Yeah. Because it just got too fangirly. So it was insane. But yeah, we haven't talked in a very long time. I So yeah, anybody that hears the dog in the background. Let me just grab <laughs> he's got her dog in the really background. quick so I it's can all, make sure he's... It's all good. This is Roger. <laughs> he likes to bark at everything. Yeah, Roger. You're all good, Roger. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that was probably the last time we really talked. Because you're... When you went to... I know you visited Europe for a con, right? But that was way before. I went actually twice. Um, I went, Okay. I think it was that same year, actually, of my last VidCon mm-hmm. ever um, for Summer in the City. And oh, okay. it was yeah. it was a lot of fun. It was definitely that same vibe, though, like with VidCon, where everyone's just kind of like, this is our last, yeah. this is our last go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like, I definitely, it's because I think the last time I went to VidCon, I had realized it got so commercial. Yes. Like, it was so commercial. And I just remember those first few years of just being like, hey, who are you? Like, what's up? Like, you want to hang out? And like, it was such a weird, cool feeling. And it was, everybody was different ages. Mm-hmm. Because I forget, like, I, I know I was the oldest out of that group for sure. Because I was talking to Aaron the other day when we were doing some stuff for the short film. And uh, it was just weird that everybody vibed, but, but there was like gaps of 10 years, like apart, <laughs> like, which is crazy um, because I'm pretty sure I'm like 10 years older than Emily, maybe like eight. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's just interesting. I'm just like, damn, but it was cool how everybody vibed like very well. Like that's the one good thing I'll always remember about VidCon or those like mm-hmm. road trips was just like everybody was chill. Just being around creative. It's, it's, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so cool to be creative, but I do want to talk about because, like I said, we've known each other for that trip. That road trip was in t- 2014. Wow! So I think we've known each other since at least. Well, the you and I know each other because of a competition. <laughs> That's how I started. That's how we started talking to each other okay. with a YouTube com- competition to go to VidCon. Wow! Which was insane. That was like the beginning uh, of we my both YouTube channel. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was weird because we both did almost the same type of video. It was like both of like a stop motion video or something like yeah. that. And so I was like, oh, what's up? Cool. And of course, like everybody in that chat was super supportive, except for the people that were like super losing, like, oh, they're cheating. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Internet's petty. Yeah. Uh, and then it was really cool because, you know, I just remember you randomly like, I don't know if it was on Twitter or where it was, but like, hey, anybody want to do a hangout? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I was like, sure, why not? And then that's when I think I met like Nickel, Emily, um, and it was like we were calling ourselves a stupid killer bees or something <laughs> like that. We were like a gang. <laughs> yeah, it was it was something, but like it was weird, like to to organically just meet new people because I hadn't done anything like that since when I was younger. It was like AOL chat rooms yeah. and like random ass shit like that. But to see like Google Hangouts be the thing was just so weird um but yeah so we started we met each other online through youtube and then it organically grew into just like hey what's up we did videos together and stuff like that which was really cool then it went to this awesome road trip 
uh, that we ended up doing, which I still, it was cool that we hit up those three cities. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's go here and there and, you know, to San Diego and that. It was just so weird. Um, do you still, like, talk to anybody from those days? Um, Honestly, like, I kind of stopped talking to mostly everybody um, yeah. when I first, like, rebranded. <laughs> just because I, like, yeah, yeah. all my old social media and um, I was, like, my family was not supportive when they found out so I was like well if the people who are like supposed to support me and like care about me don't love me then I'm not gonna risk it with my friends they probably don't like me anyway so (laughs) I just kind of stopped talking to people because I assumed that they didn't want to talk to me but I have reconnected with like a few people here and there which is really nice um Mm -hmm. but yeah for the most part I just like stopped talking to people I miss them but (laughs) yeah yeah no I genuinely um I think it's definitely because I I got off Twitter, period. And I know um, I had stopped like talking to a lot of people like shortly after that VidCon days. And I think that's when I lost like connection with you. And uh, and then after a while, I just got I got sick of Twitter, like Twitter's so toxic. And I was just like, oh, and I just I got I got rid of it. Um, But I still follow a lot of people on Instagram. Um, But yeah, it was interesting because uh, I stopped talking to a lot of those people. I think I was, I was, Aaron was really the only person I talked to the most. I still, of course, I was following Emily, but I haven't talked to Emily in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll like comment here and there. I'll comment here and there on her, but that's about it. Uh, but yeah, it's just so weird, like, because it feels kind of like high school, you know? Like, once you leave, you're like, oh, we'll see who our true friends are. Like, who's going to keep in touch, you know? Yeah. But I think that's what was a cool thing about the convention scene was because it's like, all right, we haven't seen each other in forever. So these four days are going to be dope yeah but yeah it was really interesting but yeah so i do want to kind of speak on on your rebrand as you said because i i've being older it's i've always uh enjoyed seeing how everybody's developed Mm -hmm. and you've had the most interesting story (laughs) out of everybody because i saw you develop like very drastically is what i would say i mean depending on how everybody wants to view it but it was interesting like i saw you i met you when you were like just developing in this like youtube sphere mm-hmm. and i was like oh it's just cool it's just a little wholesome and stuff like that at the start uh, because i don't even did you cuss in your videos um not really because my mom would watch every single one of my videos before she <laughs> would let me even release it so i was yeah. like uh i'll save myself some pain and just not swear so i can yeah <laughs> yeah it was interesting so like i saw you go from a non-swearing content creator <laughs> to now in the adult do you is it just the adult industry yeah. like what what do y'all what's the okay cool because i don't know if it's like i know it's all in one sphere but is it like would you consider yourself a cam girl do you consider yourself like adult film star like what what is there a title um, it's just kind of everything i mean i would say in general i'm in the adult industry but if i had to like yeah. label each part i would say um amateur like adult content creator slash um cam model slash podcaster slash I, I, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a youtuber but i have almost 100 youtube videos at this point so i'm like nice. i have youtube content <laughs> yeah what's your upload schedule um i upload a new video every tuesday wednesday thursday and friday to youtube and then I, I upload like a bunch of like five videos elsewhere adult places every week <laughs> yeah 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 that's interesting is it do you find it uh because i know when you were just starting i saw you say 
I think at the time you were like, I'm done with YouTube. I'm going to just start doing stuff over here. Is it way easier to monetize your new industry? Um, I would say yes. I feel like there are a lot of different avenues for monetization. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things that where you can't really just pick one. You kind of have to have like 10 different things, like 10 different yeah. clip sites, like texting, like all together it creates an income. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you can get a lot of views on YouTube, I feel like you might be able to do it a little bit more easily. It is a lot of work, but it, I bet. there are... Yeah, it sounds like you always have something going on. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot more yeah, avenues, I feel like, like, from monetization, though, for sure. Yeah. Is there one that is more profitable? Like if you were saying, like, so I I do a lot of streaming. I do a lot of YouTube and stuff like that. But people are like, I want to be a Twitch streamer. Like I always tell them, I'm like, well, if you want to be a Twitch streamer, there's no way to organically grow there. So you need to have like a TikTok or you need to have a YouTube or you need to have something else because there's nobody's going to find you unless you're live on Twitch. So is there like something like that that you have to do? Like if you have a Pornhub account, you also have to have X, Y, and Z or... How does that work? Um, I would say, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Like, um, there are some sites that do have a decent amount of internal, like, uh, promotion. Um, hmm. Like, for example, if I'm camming um, and I'm, like, the top earner of the hour, I'll be promoted on the front page of the site for, like, more promotion. And then people can click okay. there and then, like, see my videos, too. So it's, like, more advertising for my content. Um so there are some sites like that, but then there are some sites like OnlyFans where you definitely need to have external like advertising because there's yeah. absolutely no internal um, way you can find people. So yeah. people who have like, that's why YouTubers, sometimes I'll see YouTubers make an OnlyFans account and make so much money all at once, but it's just because yeah. they already had that like platform. So yeah, for sure. That's how it works. I feel like in a lot of places, which granted, it is kind of hard to take an audience from YouTube. I've tried to do it many a times. And it's like some people are like, I don't want to go to another content. But depending on what type of content, I feel like OnlyFans is like, yep, they're done. Like, you know, depending on the person for sure. And uh, it's been very interesting to see that OnlyFans has become like the new spot. Like it's like, fuck Patreon. It's OnlyFans. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. That is the new place. Um, but hey, I mean, it's I respect the hustle. Like I've always told, I've always had these conversations where it's like, oh man, these gamer girls and stuff. Like I'm like, dude, if I was that, if I was hot and I could be a gamer girl and I could just make that money, I would do it. <laughs> Granted, I want to talk, but there's a lot of stuff we want to talk about. And feel free to ask me any questions, whether it goes into this life, because I want to get into the the whole vegan life stuff. I want to get into just more of the industry. Uh, I want to talk about how dating is affected by this and stuff like that. So there's just so many things. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, when it, how do you, since we're talking about online stuff, how crazy is it to be in the industry with people just like basically seeing everything of you? Like, you know, it, is it scary at times? At the beginning, it was kind of just like, mm, like I was trying to start uh, just more like, I was wearing glasses. I was trying to protect my identity more I was I didn't want people to find out really um but after honestly after the very first stream that I did I was like fuck it like I don't care this is too much work like I'd rather just be myself I'm not trying to like the the one main thing I didn't like about working a normal job was that I had to be fake the whole time like 
I don't want to be nice to these people who are being rude to me for giving them coffee. Like, (laughs) so I I was just like, I'm going to work for myself. So I, I don't want to deal with being fake. And, um, it was funny. Like I actually just got this, uh, tattoo, like right before Mm -hmm. I started like my rebrand, I guess. And I was like, damn it. Like now I have to cover up this tattoo. If I don't want people to like, I don't want people to find out who I am because of this tattoo. Um, yeah. But my family saw my tattoo and they were so mad that I even got a tattoo that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. these, these people are r- ridiculous. Like if they're really mad about me getting a tattoo, like I'm sure they'll be bad about me camming as well. So I really don't care. Um, yeah. I don't like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like it's my body. I can do whatever I want. So um I'm really glad I got the tattoo to make me realize that I really don't care what my parents think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what is the tattoo? Like, if you want to explain it, obviously it's not good for people that are listening to the podcast, but you can at least, it's like a, it, to me as a viewer of it, it looks kind of not, it's not a pentagram, but it looks like a, you know, a bunch of triangles with like a rainbow around it. Is there a specific symbol for yeah. it? Like, what is it? Yeah. So it's called Metatron's cube. It's a uh, sacred geometry. It has a bunch of different meanings. I personally got this tattoo um, just randomly. I was on mm. vacation and I just wanted like a souvenir. It's <laughs> like, I might yeah. as well just get my first tattoo as a nice little souvenir because I love where I'm vacationing right now. And I always want to think about this place. And mm-hmm. I was really kind of lost in my life at that point. Like, I was trying to get my health coaching business started, but it was really hard trying to find clients because a lot of people can't afford a health coach or a lot of people don't even like want to work on their health. They'd rather buy like a car or something. So I, um, I was just like really lost trying to figure out what job to do next. And so, um, the meaning of Metatron's cube is like a map of the universe. So I was like, if I have a map of the universe on me, maybe it'll help me figure out what to do next. And then it fucking did like pretty much like a day or two after I decided I wanted to start camming. So it, it did, it did its job. (laughs) It really worked out. So I want to talk about, you mentioned your family not being very accepting. Mm -hmm. What, because I've met your family. So like, I thought they were fantastic, but I think, you know, I think everybody has, a lot of people's families can put on a face, you know, when, when people are over. So I have this fantastic memory of your family. Obviously it seems like you do not, and I don't know the full story, but like, is there, why are they not accepting? Is there like a religious aspect to it? Like, what's the case? Is it big religion thing? Yeah, it's usually most of it. Definitely, is, I think that's like the main reason why they were really mad. Um, mm. I was like, I was just like sleeping in my bed, and then my there's like a there's banging on my door in my apartment, and like mm-hmm. my boyfriend opened the door, and my mom stormed in, was like just yelling, and like came to my mm-hmm. bedroom and tried to open my door while I was like still asleep. And just yelling, like, we know, like, we know about Lizzie. And I had, like, a stripper pull up in my apartment at the time, so I couldn't just be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I was like, oh, I can't hide this. So she's like, you two are uninvited from, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And she was, like, yelling at my boyfriend, like, how could you let her do this? And I'm like, first of all, like, I had to, like, convince him to let me do this. (laughs) Like, uh, this was my idea. but yeah, they were just like blaming him and like they were really mad and they thought I was possessed by demons. 
<laughs> and they're like i love the demons excuse. i know i know and like it's crazy because <laughs> my brother's actually the one that uh found me on pornhub i like commented on like a really music video awkward i, I know yeah. i like he found me okay a comment. yeah okay uh, that is how uh, you might have, i don't know no i think somebody else told me that too that's not how i found you <laughs> I found you through a friend that also found you on Pornhub, oh my God. which I thought was hilarious because my friend was like, hey, uh, you still talk to that one girl? And I'm like, uh, I mean, not really, not anymore. He's like, because uh, um, check this out. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> Surprise. So I thought it was just, yeah, I was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just very, like, it was just a crazy thing. Because again, I remember you as this like just wholesome like YouTuber. And then now it's like, this whole 360 experience now but that's crazy that it's unfortunate because i feel like a lot of people that find themselves and we see this a lot in the lgbt community that uh your families the people that you feel like should be accepting of you are the ones that don't and it really sucks i've been blessed enough to where my family has been pretty accepting with everything i've tried to do um so like you know i'm one of the lucky ones but yeah it it always kind of breaks my heart to hear that people are yeah oh my family hates me but again those those kind of stories of families barging into houses is very very common which is unfortunate so have you not talked to them or like how does that work um i was like you know i I understand like some people uh they might just be in shock like how they did come and Um, oh wait, one second, I need to start this recording again. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's all right. So yeah, I, um, what were we talking about? (laughs) Talking about like, uh, oh yeah, um, so at the beginning I was like, you know, you guys, like, this was a pretty intense thing for you to like come over and like yell at me. Um, but I forgive you. I'm an extremely forgiving person. Um, maybe they just thought I was being trafficked or something. I don't know. Um, because yeah. yeah, like when my brother initially told my family, he was like really worried, and he's like the kind of like like quote like woke, where um like mm-hmm. jerking off is bad, and he was only on Pornhub to watch that music video, and like <laughs> so he, he was like, oh yeah, she's definitely possessed by demons because uh, jerking off is bad, and like like oh wow, really yeah. like you're so your brother's really religious then. It's weird because like he's not he doesn't say he's religious but he's like like i said the like quote woke like he's like he Uh calls himself spiritual but i don't know he's he's on his own path i'm not really sure where he's at now i feel like maybe they have probably come along a little bit more since i've last spoken to them but i just like yeah i Uh i've personally chosen to stop talking to them because um after just like all of the uh the yelling and like I went over to their house just to talk to them a little bit and like get my things so I could like move. Mm-hmm. Like I took out a loan to move like to a different state just so I didn't have to think about them being at my door anymore. Um, but yeah. yeah, my family was like, yeah, we actually came over um, initially to your apartment to kidnap you. I was wow. like, Oh my God, I'm an adult. Like what are you talking about? So yeah. they were going to try and freaking kidnap me. And, um, when they told me that, I was just like, wow, like, uh, I need to leave. (laughs) And, um, they told me also that they had never been to therapy before in their lives until they found out that I made porn. They're like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us in our lives. 
And so we're going to therapy for the first time. I'm like, wow, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you guys, really? (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Do you mind saying what um, religion? Honestly, I don't even know what religion they are. They're like Christian, Catholic, just like a mix of who knows what. Um, Okay. But yeah, Yeah. it, it was really weird. Like I was really open with them and really trying to accept them, but um they would just keep like harassing me and sending me like these weird emails and like trying to like blame things on me mm-hmm. and so I was like okay I just need some space from you guys please like please leave me alone until I like contact you again I need to go to therapy <laughs> but then they yeah. just never left me alone yeah. so um they've just been kind of harassing me I just kind of don't talk to them <laughs> that's yeah it's like yeah it's so it's so mm-hmm. crazy because again it it comes from a different like it's a different perspective because like i said i had this vision of your family like i remember like your dad messaging me like i was either your mom or your dad i don't remember being like hey we're doing a video for so and so like you want to send us a video to say hi on their birthday or whatever and i'm like sure why not and like it's just it's crazy like you know you don't everybody doesn't know the real family issues you know um (laughs) it's so wild (laughs) that's it's yeah it blows my mind but so like I know you were talking about you know you got your tattoo that's when you realized that uh you wanted to get into camming uh I know from an outside perspective because remember like I said I as I saw you progress one thing I noticed was like it always seemed like you were in as they would say phases and you've been in this for a while so this does not seem like a phase but before I remember it was like YouTube and then when we started like traveling and stuff uh you got it really into drinking and then from drinking you got like really into smoking but it seems like smoking has stayed in your life and now camming so like would you say you have this kind of personality you just die because it seems like you just dive into things like you're just like yeah yeah, yeah. Do this. i'm, I'm a, the kind of person that doesn't like to waste time <laughs> like i just like yeah. i don't know life is short you never know when it's gonna end um i personally like when i first started drinking i was like okay this is cool like I'll just mm-hmm. try it for a little bit. I probably only drank for a couple of months. And then I would only drink like yeah. like once or twice a year. Like I don't drink anymore at all. Like I've I maybe yeah. within the past three years have had like three drinks. Um I just mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like it. It was fun when I was drinking though. I, I definitely enjoyed that time of my life. But yeah, I I don't drink at all anymore. I do smoke weed uh every day. <laughs> yeah um yeah nice. it definitely it definitely comes in handy i i don't know where i'd be without weed really <laughs> is it do you use it because like i have a lot of friends that especially as i've grown over because i used to be very against mm-hmm. it when i was a lot younger uh now i'm like i don't really give a fuck personally it's not for me it's not something i do but uh now i kind of just don't really give a fuck as long as, as long as we just respect each other and like oh you're gonna smoke i'm gonna go over here you know just because it, it it personally gives me a headache sometimes um but like i've had a lot of friends that do it now do you do it just like you just enjoy it is it like for anxiety stress like is there any particular reason it's kind of evolved over the years um when i first started it was more for just like just to decompress like after like a really long day of work being around like shitty people just to like just to do nothing and quiet my mind and just like relax um but then yeah. I started 
uh, using it instead of uh, pharmaceuticals for chronic intestinal pain. Because, mm-hmm. like, I've had pretty bad food allergies for a good majority of my life. And uh, I was just, like, undiagnosed for so long that it just made a lot of damage to my intestines. So I had, like, the mm-hmm. worst stomach pain anytime I would eat for years. And I, like, ended up getting a yeah. medical card and... I was trying to like take edibles at home when I was living at home with my parents, but they kicked me out, even though I had a medical card, but they still let my brother smoke weed at home. I'm like, I don't understand. Like I have a medical card. I'm using this to like, for like a physical ailment and you guys are kicking me out, but you still let my brother smoke weed. So that's another reason I don't talk to them because like, it was very expensive to move out. Um, But yeah, it really helped me so much to be able to, get off of pharmaceuticals that were actually making me more sick for like my intestinal pain. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I'm so grateful for weed for that because I was able to fully reverse like my hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, anemia, um, chronic intestinal pain and chronic fatigue, just like with the help of weed. It like seriously has helped me so much. So um, yeah, I continue yeah. to use it because the world is empty. <laughs> um and as yeah. we know it at least and it just it just helps me to like yeah continue on like <laughs> hopefully not be sad yeah no i get it i get it yeah I, I always like having the conversations about why people are into it or why they use it and i know some people just use it recreationally because they're like yeah i like it and whatever and other people i know a lot of people that use it for like dude i just get really yeah. stressed out or whatever um i guess i, I guess my, my perspective on it is i'm I've always wanted to solve the problem opposed to like, just kind of like, you know, chilling. Granted, some people, that's how they solve the problem. But I just don't want to be if I'm constantly getting stressed by something, I don't want to use something to like get away from the stress. I just want to I want to handle the stress like because what if I don't always have that? You know, what if I don't always have weed on me? And I'm just gonna be like fucking stress all the time. I want to handle the stress. So that's kind of how I view life. But I totally get it because I've you know, the, the thing I've loved about like doing YouTube and traveling so much is meeting people. And like, I don't really suffer from anxiety. Like some people do. Some people's anxiety levels are through the roof. Like everything makes them like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, and I'm just like, whoa, I understand yeah. why you smoke because like that does not seem like a great way to live, you know? So uh, my perspective has changed on it like so much over the years. But um, yeah, so that's pretty crazy. So it's definitely improved your life. Now, I know right when you started smoking, are you still doing like, was it called like holistic yeah. coaching or something like that? What is it yeah. called? Okay. Yeah. Are you still doing that or are you just, um, is it all camp I am, stuff? Like, or? Every now and then I'll do like a little session with somebody. Um, but for the most part, like all of my uh, live streams, all my camp streams are um, they start mm-hmm. off with a vegan cooking segment, which is um, when I record mm-hmm. my podcast episodes, uh, which you can find on Spotify if you just search Lizzie Loves Kitchen. Um, but yeah, so nice. I mostly during that like period of my uh, live stream, I like to just share some mm-hmm. like nutritional knowledge and uh, just like health related facts and stuff. So I kind of just use that to share the things that I've learned through my health coach training um and if people want to like book a one-on-one session with me they can but I just like to share as much information as I can because I feel like nutrition is one of those things that a lot of people don't know anything about and there's a lot of misinformation so I'm just trying to like just plant those seeds and just like help people out in any way that I can because 
I just, I know the, the knowledge that I have found has helped me so much. And like you're saying too, with stress, like it's, it is so much better to like prevent the stress or like go to the root of whatever's causing you the stress to fix that rather than always covering it up. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love about nutrition so much. Um, it definitely helped me like recover from a lot of just chronic stress and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I've so the pandemic, like a lot of people has definitely fucked me up. Like, you know, like my life has been thrown for a loop. Um, Because before the pandemic and everything closed down, I was very active. Like uh, I had taken up rock climbing and stuff like at a bouldering gym. And so I started doing that. So like my body felt really good. I was eating better. I was doing like, um, I was trying to do like the meatless Mondays and stuff. And like, I was trying to wean myself off of meat, like, three to four times a week um, because I was able to go to like, I was out more of those places open that were, you know, I could buy like vegan stuff or, you know, vegetarian stuff. And so I was trying to do that. Once this pandemic hit, a lot of those places closed or you couldn't get that kind of stuff. And like, they're usually farther away. So like I couldn't do my daily routine where I'd go downtown, go to my gym, then go to this place to get some food and then go do some, do a writing session or whatever, like whole life just changed. So I'm back to like my old ways, which kind of blows and I've definitely like gained weight and stuff. And I'm just like, life just kind of like, you know, it's just whatever. Um, because I enjoyed being active. Like it was nice. And like my body felt great, especially when I was eating better. So, um, yeah, how do you, are you, because I know, I see you tweet, or not tweet, but I see you post your <laughs> tweets on Instagram. And, uh, you know, how would you say, because you're obviously you're vegan, right? You've been vegan. I think yeah, you just celebrated anniversaries recently. <laughs> 12 years of being a vegan, which is awesome. So are you one of those vegans and it's like, meat is murder. If you eat it, you're a murderer. Like, or are you kind of like more relaxed with it and be like, hey, like, here are the benefits like how where would, would you say, say you're on the inside like it definitely makes me sad when I see people eating meat um but I'm not gonna like say it mm-hmm. to their face I'm not gonna be like oh my god like you're eating a hot dog you know what this is made of but but like I yeah. I'm more of like a passive <laughs> uh, I'm not super passive I feel like I'm, I'm a medium passive activist yeah posting little like facts on Instagram and Twitter like hey, guess what? What you're eating is, mm-hmm. like, killing you. Like, <laughs> just, you know, like, um, because, yeah. like, I don't know, just watching my family, uh, like, so there's so much cancer in my family. Like, my mom and my grandma both had cancer, and just watching them mm-hmm. eat foods that, like, directly causes cancer would just drive me insane. So, like, I'm like, oh, my God, you just recovered. Like, why are you eating Splenda already, like, right now? Like, don't do this. So um, when mm-hmm. it's kind of the same feeling when I see people like eating junk food, I'm just like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, please do whatever you want. Like, please eat junk food. I eat junk food sometimes, but it's still vegan and gluten free and sugar free. <laughs> but um, I just mm-hmm. like I want to share the knowledge mostly because it's helped me so much. And I know a lot of people are suffering from mental health issues right now. And like your gut is directly tied to your brain so like the healthier your gut is is like the more chances that you'll have to feel a little bit better mentally so i just i'm mainly sharing uh vegan activism activism stuff on social media to be able to help people relax a little bit more and also to ensure that hopefully we'll have a planet to live on in the future because nothing destroys the environment more than animal agriculture (laughs) 
Yeah, so that's the interesting thing, right? Like, I've always been somebody that has, you know, I've, I've grown up on me, which yeah. a lot of people have, you know, I think it's a very, it's a big, I mean, unless it happens to you when you're very young, which it seemed like it happened to you when you were very young, to where you decide to be vegan, I feel like, I don't want to say it's harder. I think it's it can be difficult depending on your lifestyle, especially if you're somebody that eats fast food so much like I have. Um, it's just to break off of it. It's just like, ah, it's because it's so easy, you know, like I've told this to a lot of people because we have we have one vegan fast food. Or, I mean, they may, maybe they're like vegetarian slash vegan. I'm not too sure, but they don't serve meat in our place. It's called um, Earth Burger and it's like super fucking far from me. If that place was like down the street from me, I'd eat it all the time. Because it's good. Like, and that was the first place that, because I will say I've tried, I used to date this girl that tried to be vegetarian, vegan, whatever. Um, but I ate like tofu and stuff. I was like, this is fucking disgusting. Why would anybody ever eat this shit? And, um, but places like that Earth Burger place, which is getting free promo on this podcast, is actually good. Like, it's, I don't know, they they do, you know, they play off, like, they have a, a uh, impossible burger thing or whatever. I don't know what they call it. And then they have like these chicken tenders that are, I guess, made out of like chickpeas or something. But it all tastes fairly good. Like they have this barbecue, like Ooh. jackfruit thing that's supposed to be like pulled pork, but it's like jackfruit. And it's, I've tried many things there. And I'm like, this is actually surprisingly good. And um, so I, I think if people had more options, okay. I think it would be easier. But you need to have like yeah. the fast options. Because going to a restaurant and stuff, you're like, Meh. like I don't want to wait. Like I just want this shit now. And um, and yeah, I feel like I think it would be easier if we had more options now. And I'm, I think depending on where you live, it's probably a lot easier to make mm -hmm. that transition in life. I live in Texas, so it's not that easy. Like we're surrounded by cattle. There's literally cattle like down the street from where I live. So um, yeah, it, it's it's very different. So I think it's a lot easier for some people. But do you go by the mindset of like, hey, if you're trying to cut it out like three days a week, just do that. Is it like any little, any little bit of meat that you cut out of your diet is yeah. fine? Like, is that I, how I do feel you like, do that? Yeah, if you're trying at all, like if you're, if you're aiming to cut back, like that's great. Like not everybody can like cut it all out at once. And it, sometimes it can be detrimental to cut it all out at once because people will have like withdrawal symptoms literally because uh me like animal products are chemically addictive that's one of the reasons why it's so hard for people to um stop eating them especially if you're eating it for most of your life like it's it's an actual addiction um especially cheese because it's concentrated milk milk is milk is Love made cheese. i mean like by cows obviously for their calves to be addicted to it so that they can stay alive so they're like oh i need this i need this milk um but I mean, like when it's concentrated even more, it becomes even more addictive to humans. So it's, that's one of the things that's really hard for a lot of people to quit. Um, but uh, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Anytime I meet anyone who's even cutting back just a little bit, like it's progress. It's something like, it definitely helps. Like you're saving lives, you're saving the planet. Like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, what kind of like spurred my interest in kind of going and cutting back was I got really into and I've done a terrible job like the pandemic, like I said, it fucked me, but I got really into trying to be more conscious about the environment like plastic wise granted I have a fucking plastic <laughs> bottle on my face right now. But it's because again, like, I, I, I was really good. And I will say that somebody 
So I was trying to make changes at my job, and I will say, like, I got shot down by the safety person there. So it kind of, like, threw me off, and I was like, fuck this. I, I'm slowly getting back into it again. But I was, like, literally going around my job and collecting all the plastic bottles and shit and, like, throwing them in bins and, like, keeping – just trying to – I was like – just because I never really paid attention to how much plastic is fucking us, like, so bad, and how it's, like, fucking up, like, third world countries – and you know everybody sees the like straw in the mm-hmm. turtle's nose video you know and shit like that so i was like <laughs> cutting up straws and shit i was like oh my god this is fucking bad and um i got like really into it and then i was trying to get like recycle bins and shit at my job and they were like eh, well the recycle companies are really fucked right now which they are in america like recycling mm-hmm. in america is pretty terrible um but i've I started watching all these projects of people that are taking the recycled goods and making shit out of them, like houses or insulation and stuff like that. And I was like, that's fucking dope. Why don't we have more of that? But then it also took me down the rabbit hole of the big oil companies and gas companies that are stifling innovation because they want to keep it the status quo and shit. So I've gone down those rabbit holes and it feels very overwhelming because it's like, I can't do shit. Like nothing matters. But you know you have to persevere past it, so that's why I'm trying to slowly get back into it. But yeah, just seeing how how crazy it is to keep, I guess, up with the amount mm-hmm. of meat that we're eating because people before the pandemic, people's livelihoods were pretty decent. Like people were making enough, enough money to mm-hmm. actually buy meat, and so they're like, oh, we can have meat every day. Where back in the past people couldn't always afford meat so you were eating like more rice you were eating more this and stuff like that because meat was always expensive but everybody's making more now to where they're like yeah we could buy steak all the time or whatever and of course that brings up demand so people were like we need more cows we need more pigs we need more stuff and of course you got to cut down trees and stuff so they can graze and it's it's weird when people finally see like the fucking life cycle of it and i was like fuck and um so that's kind of why i was like i did really need to cut back on eating because i don't know what the statistic is but it's like if you just cut out like two days out of the week it saves x amount of trees or mm-hmm. pigs or whatever and it was weird to just see those yeah. statistics like it's it's even with wild. water like the, the one so, thing that could save the most water is just like eating vegan like one hamburger what is it like 12 showers or something like insane yeah is it? Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard that statistic. So, so much water is used to produce animal products. Yeah. The one place I did feel kind of nice, though, is I saw... I don't know if you watch... Do you watch yeah. Patriot Act on, like, Netflix or on YouTube? So it's with with uh, Hassan Minaj. And he does some really good, like... They do these, like, crazy deep dives into, like, how bad Carnival mm-hmm. Cruise is and how they pollute the oceans and stuff like that. And But they did one on fast mm-hmm. fashion... Like, it's unfortunate because I used to love, like, I haven't shopped there in forever, but I used to love going to, like, H&M because it was cool clothes for super cheap. And I was like, hell yeah, this is nice. I can look good and stuff. And if I need to buy something and I don't have a lot of money, I'll still go there. But I'm not somebody that buys clothes a lot. Like, I've literally tried to go to the Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs lifestyle (laughs) where it's blue jeans and a black shirt. Like, all my YouTube videos are all black shirts all the time because it's, they, they have this mindset, like, all these geniuses that made innovations they were like, if you can cut your fashion out of a decision, because like you're you're constantly making a million mm-hmm. decisions throughout the day, right? It's like if your fashion is all blue jeans and black shirts, that's one less decision you have to make in life. Mm-hmm. So it makes it life easier. And I was like, that is actually profound and pretty awesome. So I 
kind of do that because you can go buy a pack of shirts, like a pack of 10 shirts for like mm-hmm. 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Like that's super cheap. But they were talking about how fast fashion, to get back on topic, uses so much water to like drain out the shirts and like make the mm-hmm. threads or whatever. And it's like gallons upon gallons of, like that could feed mm-hmm. like a whole city. Like it's mm-hmm. insane. And uh, so, yeah, like there's the rabbit hole of seeing how fucked we are is kind of scary and i can see why people decide to be like eh, i'm gonna yeah. just keep living life you know what i mean because i think it takes a lot of willpower to actually look into all it that does. shit because it's i know it's yeah scary. i remember when i first started looking to it looking into all this when i was like first like i because i went vegetarian before i went vegan so i was like trying to just do some uh mm-hmm. research about nutrition and i was like 12 years old learning all this shit about the fucking government and like Sorry, I don't know if I can swear here, but like, yeah, just learning all this stuff that they do and like, yeah, all the yeah, go for it. And go like, for it. how much damage like the meat industry caused, and like, why is there fluoride in our water? And like, why, like, why are the stereotypically dumber states, why do they have more fluoride? And I'm like, what is going on? So I was just like learning all this yeah. stuff when I was 12, and like, nobody around me was like into any of this, and I was like losing my mind. But like, yeah, I'm glad I stuck with it because like, you really do vote with your dollar. Like, it's been really amazing over the years mm-hmm. seeing how many vegan restaurants have popped up all over the place that wouldn't have been there if there weren't vegans. Like, I mean, it, like people think they can't really make a difference by making a couple of changes, but like over time, like it, the more people who make those small changes, it's going to make a difference. So I definitely feel that about fa- fast fashion too. Like, I feel like that'll probably start to gain more popularity and hopefully transition into something more sustainable yeah and i think that's probably why we'll start i think we're gonna see a renaissance of like thrift shops pop up you know i think thrift shops have always been popular but i think a lot more people are gonna just start buying secondhand because the one thing i have loved and i think it's what was cool hanging out with you and emily and stuff was seeing this new generation's mindset granted i don't agree with everything um, cause I knew the new generation and I, I would love to hear your idea on it too, because you are in an industry that I feel like people scrutinize yeah. a lot still. Um, I feel like the new generation is really big on cancel culture. I'm not, I'm not a fan of cancel culture personally. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. So, um, I mean, how do you I feel, feel like about cancel culture? It's very limiting. Like, it's like, Oh, I'm going to unfollow you because you're following this person. It's like, uh, First of all, I'm not on Twitter 24 hours out of the day to even see what the drama is every second. Like, I think it's it's a waste of yeah. energy. Like, it's not giving people a chance to grow. Like, it's, yeah, it's extremely limiting and toxic, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's kind of how I see it, too, because... It doesn't give anybody it, perfectly the way you said it. It doesn't give anybody a chance to grow. Like it's like, oh, you did this thing ten years ago. You deserve to be canceled. It's like, well, what about yeah. the ten years since then? Like you can see that I've grown since this so much, and um, I've definitely seen it. It it's also because the thing with cancel culture, right, is I agree that there are certain times that it can be beneficial. But the problem is, is if you cancel somebody that doesn't deserve to be canceled, it's not like everybody that tried to cancel them yeah. apologizes, you know, like, we're sorry, we're wrong. Like, you can literally fuck somebody's career. And then they can't get all that back because there's still people out there that think like, oh, yeah, he's a rapist or he's this and that. But then the receipts came out. They're like, oh, yeah, that, none of that was true. 
And it's just like, ah, granted, I'm not putting that out there to say that everybody that's accused of that is wrong because there are a lot of people that get away with that shit. I'm just using that. That's like the most common example. Um, but yeah, like, I think, I don't know. I'm not a fan of cancel culture and I feel like that's very big in the, you know, the newer generations. Um, but at the same time, like going back to that, I, I feel like the newer generations are, I, how do you, how should I put this? Like they concentrate, they care more about mental health than yeah, like yeah. money nowadays. So they're, they care more about like the environment, what's happening in the world, causes like Black Lives Matter, all of that kind of stuff. Like they're bringing about that change and they don't give a fuck about money. They just care about making noise for people to look at this. And I really, really like that. Um, you know, so yeah, you got to take the good with the bad. Like I don't like cancel culture, but I love all this other shit they're doing. So yeah, I'm hoping it does spur more vegan restaurants on every corner or whatever. So I can easily make a change because I'm lazy to cook. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll just go buy from this, you know, fast vegan restaurant. Um, but yeah, so I, I really love that, but I don't know. So I've always enjoyed, you know, y'all's perspective, like your generation's perspective on this. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where all of that's going to go. So I do kind of want to talk, I want to get more into the industry because like I said, uh, being in the adult industry, it's, I feel like there's still, do you feel like there's still there a stigma? There definitely is, it? yes. Or do you- um, I feel like over the years, uh, like the past couple of years, it has definitely evolved. Like, I feel like everybody knows what I mean when I say OnlyFans now, but like a couple of years ago, people are like, what are you talking yeah. about? Um, so I really enjoy that OnlyFans has kind of become like a household name in a way, um, because mm-hmm. it does help to break down the stigma. It does help to normalize sex work because it is work. It is a real job. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're mm-hmm. definitely, um, yeah, I mean, I think it should be decriminalized, um, so that the government can't yeah. have control over people's bodies. I mean, what I, everything I do is completely legal um but yeah yeah i think no i i I agree with your sentiment um i've always thought that you know prostitution and stuff like that should be legal one to make it safer uh one to get rid of i mean hopefully you don't know if it would do this but you would hope that it would dent the sex Mm -hmm. trafficking industry um and Obviously, if you're thinking it from a government standpoint, you're like, oh, taxes, like we could fucking claim taxes on this shit. But I also just think it's the reason why I think and I genuinely think this and I I don't know if I've said it on a podcast before, but I think that if prostitution was legal, we'd have less crazy men in the world. Because like, I think a lot of these people that are going through things, and I'm not going to say like, this is what's happening with like school shooters and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people that are you're seeing in these videos doing crazy shit or like being very angry or stuff like that, probably suffer from a lack of sex. And if they could pay for it, they would. And um, I think that's why we should actually look into prostitution being legalized. So those people have an outlet Mm -hmm. to do that. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I'll do this. I'm a little bit happier now Definitely. because I got some, you know? I mean, it's That's a just need. It's I like a it. human, like, need. Like, why deny yeah. that from, from people? Like, so I do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I highly agree with that. Um, But so with, with that need, I want to talk more about, like, your job specific. So... So go ahead and give everybody, like, I guess, kind of the rundown on what happens on your cam shows and stuff. Feel free to describe or do whatever you do. Like, this is not a PG show. So, you know, like, 
what do you do so on your camp So I mentioned show? earlier, I start each of my camp shows off with like a little cooking stream, a vegan cooking stream. And um, I've been doing that for, I started November of last year, so 2019. Um, so it's it's been fun because like, I've always enjoyed cooking. I've always wanted to have a cooking show. And now I kind of like do have a cooking show. <laughs> um, and yeah. so, yeah, I just cook and then I'll like eat and just smoke weed and like people pay me like $42 per dab like <laughs> to smoke weed yeah so really? like it's funny because some nice. people will come into my room and be like I'm not paying you this much and then like somebody else will pay it immediately I'm like this is why I have it this much because there are people who will pay me this much to smoke weed so go yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah I mean I get that I get that too because on so like my equivalent to that is we have on my Twitch stream, I have a wheel spin and it has, it has good stuff and bad stuff. And you could probably use this in your, in your stream, by the way, because you can pick up a wheel for like 50 bucks. Uh, but you, you spin the wheel. Like, so I do it to where if somebody subscribes, which is like a $5 transaction, or if somebody donates 10 bucks, they get a wheel spin. But I also have like, and there on there, it's like cool stuff, like a shout out or like, uh, you know, I have good and bad things on there on the front. So like the bad things are, I hate mustard. So I'll eat a spoonful of it. So like, I just absolutely hate mustard. And then I have like a, you ever play yeah. the game Bean Boozled where it's like the ugly, disgusting beans or the good beans. So um, I have that on there and just like random stupid little shit like that. And the other stuff is like, I have an old high school notebook with letters like from me and my friend Ooh. and I'll read one. So we do like a lot of random shit like that. So, um, it's just cool. And people want to, like, people just love the wheel. Like, there's, like, I want to see it. So people will donate, and I'll spin it. And then on the back, I have a $25 one that's a bunch of, like, worse shit. So it's, like, super spicy mustard or, like, do 20 push-ups or squats and, like, do all this other random shit. And, yeah, just like you say, people will pay. I had this, uh, we call him a legend in the stream. It's this guy named Hidden Spoon, uh, which is his screen name. And he freaking, he went in there one time and dropped, like, a G. And just like give everybody spins here, boom, 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 and I was just like, "Fuck!" We literally were just spinning the wheel for like an hour on stream. We're <laughs> like, "God damn!" Like this is going crazy. But I, I totally get it. People will pay. Um, so is your because like I know on Twitch, right? Because I, I, and I know this is the reason why I was like, "We do, we got to get on this podcast." Because I want to talk about the idea, and you've been talking about it lately on on your Instagram of people should pay yeah. for their content. So give your thoughts on it because I think this is a very interesting conversation and I want to have this conversation for sure. So give your ideas on like So in the same way how like I personally like to vote with my dollar by buying products that I know are going to cause less destruction to the environment. Um you're voting with your dollar in the same way with porn like you could either be, you know, just watching free stuff on Pornhub and contributing to a site that still allows like revenge porn and like underage stuff and like um a, a good bit of the porn on Pornhub has been stolen from content creators and uploaded by some randos and these randos are making money off of these content creators um so that should not be allowed like Pornhub needs to just only have verified content creators with IDs um so that's one of the issues mm -hmm. with uh, watching free porn, you could potentially be just supporting some some guy who stole somebody's porn. That's that's fucked up. Like, 
that's not cool. You don't know yeah, if yeah, you're watching you. revenge porn. You don't know if you're watching something underage if it's not verified. So it's really like it's just mm-hmm. not it's not cool. And even if it is something on Pornhub that is verified, a lot of the times with performers, they'll only get paid one time. Actually, pretty much a hundred percent of the time. Um, if you're working for like a company, mm-hmm. like a big company, they'll pay you. Yeah, like yeah. a browser like or something once. or what you'll get like a thousand dollars or whatever and then they'll mm-hmm. continually make money off of you forever but you'll never see any more yourself so it's it's pretty unfair um just how much money they make off of you uh, without being able to like really ever see any of that um so that's one of the reasons why i think it's good to pay amateur content creators because in general, amateurs have more of a say over what goes down. They have, um, I mean, they can turn down ideas. You don't have to make any content you don't want to make. If you're doing mainstream stuff, a mm-hmm. lot of the time people get forced into situations. Um, I'll, I don't even know what percent, but like, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen performers just tweet about how they were like, their consent was um, not respected on set. They'll be like, I don't want you to like do this, Mm -hmm. but they'll do it anyway. And they get away with it. And that happens so many times. There are so many male performers that have been accused of misconduct and they're still performing, still getting paid. So that's why I think it's really good to, to choose amateur content creators because you're going to be supporting somebody who is going to get that money themselves. Yes. The site does take a cut, but they're, you're giving them the money. You're not giving some company the money that, I mean, it's like, is employing rapists. Like, you're really voting yeah. with your dollar. And clip sites like ManyVids, like OnlyFans, things like that are definitely where I would be choosing to put my money. What is the percentage on those? Like, what so are they taking from you? it depends on the site, and it also depends on the content. So, like, for example, I mm-hmm. think OnlyFans, you get 80%. Um, many vids, while I'm live streaming, I'll get 60%. Um, I think like there are some other parts of the site where you get 80% um, in contests. If people vote for you with, um, in contests with money, you'll get like 40%. So um, it, it's kind of all over the place. But in general, like it's a pretty wide range from like 30 to 80%. Okay. Yeah, that's rough. I feel like I would stick with the peop- the places that are 80%. Because, like, I feel bad. Like, I stopped streaming on YouTube because of the... YouTube, I think, takes 35 or 30% of your mm-hmm. Super Chats. And I'm just like, ah! Granted, um, you know, on Twitch, they take more than half mm-hmm. of your sub count. But at the same time, it's, it's that give or take. You know, they're providing you the platform. So you're like, all right, I gotta give them, you know, their cut or whatever. But they don't take anything from your donations and people that actually donate uh, bits and stuff on Twitch, uh, they pay the, you know, the Twitch cost up front and they're giving the full like, you know, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever to the creator. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. So I was uh, okay. So because this is the one thing this is why I want to I love having conversations uh, on podcasts or just in person in general, because I feel like text comes off very different because when I was reading your text like on there, I was like, wait, is she? I was kind of equating to I thought maybe you were coming from the perspective of like those girls on Twitch that are like, if you're watching me, you should be paying me five dollars. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because that's I come from the stance where 
I don't think anybody is necessarily forced or should be forced to pay somebody. I think it's a good idea. Like, you know, if, if you like this content, you should pay for it. You know what I mean? But you are also streaming on a free platform. Your, your, your idea of like versus watching it on Pornhub and supporting people, that's a good idea because of all of those, you know, underlining terrible things. Like they don't get paid royalties. You know, there are like people that are, you know, underage or whatever that all of that is very good stuff. I think when it comes into this entertainment business, I think that's kind of where I'm kind of in a gray area because I've personally never told anybody on my Twitch stream to be like, you guys should donate. Like, you know what I mean? That's why, but that's why I offer the wheel and gimmicks and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, you want to see me in pain over here and eat mustard? Mm-hmm. Spin the wheel. You know what I mean? Like, and it, but because I don't know, I think it's, it, it's very weird when you demand mm-hmm. something from mm-hmm. somebody, you know what I mean? Um, but and, and I, I kind of want to get into that with yours. Do you have to provide, do people care about personality on these um, sites? It, on on it dep- what you work with? Or do they just like <laughs> get naked? It, it really depends like, on the person. You know? Some people can can evolve. Uh, I've watched some viewers evolve yeah. into just hanging out for the personality and they don't care about butts or anything. Um, I do yeah. want to mention something though. You were saying you're kind of in a gray area with like the, the free content and stuff. Like, um with yeah. Pornhub, if you like if you want to watch free porn, make sure to watch verified content creators because they do get revenue from views. It's a very small amount, but if you yeah. do like like um, the community ones. So they'll have like a about? uh there's a if you're on Pornhub it says like mark. verified creators and you can like click on that and it'll show you like mm-hmm. all the verified or you can like uh check on like their profile page and it'll show you like a check mark or it'll show you that they're like a verified creator. So that is one way to make sure that yeah. you're consuming free content more ethically. Cause like, I totally agree. Like free content is great. Like that's why I make a bunch of YouTube videos and like, I do release a bunch of like free porns all the time too, because I understand like it's a luxury. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can afford to pay for porn and I want to provide it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also uh, a fin dom. I'm a financial dominatrix. So um, I I make a good majority of my money through Fendom. Um, So Mm -hmm. is that online or is that an in-person thing? So, uh, okay. Really? I've never heard of this. I mean, I know what a Dom is, but I've never heard of it being online. Like, you know, I always thought of it like in-person kind of like dungeon kind of thing. So, So, all right, explain this. I've never heard of this. Um, With the whole, like, like I would never demand anyone to like, pay money like that's basically what I do like I'll be like okay give me $300 and then Mm -hmm. they will like I don't even need like a reason like um it's so yeah but the people know this like going in or fetish so like okay yeah okay okay. people will be like okay I want you to humiliate me for um for needing to give you money to get off um yeah just like just it's generally is tied to some sort of humiliation so i feel like a lot of times people might come across mm-hmm. my social media and be like wow this girl is a bitch like why why is she yeah because exactly. you don't know the context but i like sure. the good majority of the time if i ever tweet something like give me like 300 right now bitch like i'll get it a couple minutes later like i wouldn't mm-hmm. tweet it if somebody was not about to just send me money so um, it sounds like yeah. really like spoiled and bratty, but like that shit pays the bills, y'all. Like thousands of dollars <laughs> from being a yeah. bossy bitch. Like I'll take it. Yeah, 
And is your, what would you say, do you know, like, the statistics of your, or not the statistics, but I guess the demographics of your age groups, like, or, like, your uh, um, your viewers? Generally, from what I have observed, it seems to be around, like, 20s, 30s. Okay. All right, so you're yeah. relatively young then. Like, I feel like a lot of people that, I think a lot of people probably assume that it's no. older men that are just like, oh, I'm at home, no, blah, 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 you yeah. know? That's interesting that it's a younger yeah. age group. That's pretty cool. Um, so, like, what is – has you been asked to do stuff that you're just like, nah, bro. Uh, like, it's just weird. Because <laughs> th- those are the stories I always find interesting. They're like, yeah, this one guy wanted me to do this. And I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> like, does it get into, like, weird stuff like that? You don't have to say specifics, but, like, how how weird Honestly, can it get? I feel get? like at this point I'm like, I'm just like, I'll take anything. Like, I'm open to whatever, like – I'm just like, I'm a very experimental person myself, too. So if somebody's like, oh, have you ever done this? I'm like, oh, no, but I'll try it. Like, <laughs> I'm open to trying it. Um, but there's yeah. really not much. Like, payment processors are don't allow you to sell certain types of content. So generally, the things that people oh, okay. ask me to do that I don't want to do, the payment processors already don't allow it. So I, like, mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, but I can't really think of anything specific. I guess people... The one thing that I will not do is like shit content, um, and that is something that payment <laughs> processors do not allow. I but that. I have been asked multiple times. I'm just yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's just so like weird when you really find people's yeah. kinks. You know, like yeah. what they're into. Like, how often do you get like feet stuff? Because I guess the most common, like I feel like the most common. Yeah, kink. I feel like I don't like, like I don't make super a lot of foot content so I don't get super a lot of requests I feel like if I did make more foot content I'd have a lot more like requests for more foot stuff but I mean yeah, yeah. I it's not super common that people ask for foot stuff yeah it just I feel like that's the, like the go-to joke in that industry right when it comes to fetishing like oh you're a foot person like it's just because it's so like it's so common all right you know it's it's, it's yeah it's just so weird that people are like turned on by a foot you know i think that's the one thing it's like you got a beautiful face you got some boobs you got some butts or whatever but like, oh, i want to see your feet <laughs> like you know it's just so uh, you hey but to each their own if you're into it you're into utilize it. Everybody's um, so going from hey if it if it <laughs> makes you money why not like fucking do what you do so that's that's interesting i didn't know the dom aspect of it so is that something you do all the time or is it like hey guys i'm going live on this place and i'm so-and-so character um, today or i'm always how is that like uh so so i do have a schedule like i will be live uh i'm live every like tuesday through friday at like a specific time um mm-hmm. but i i'm never like oh today i'm a fandom and tomorrow i'm not like i'm a switch so that means that i'm both dominant and submissive um so it really like depends mm-hmm. on who I'm talking to. Like if somebody comes into my chat room that I know is like really subby, I'm like, are you gonna tip me or what, bitch? Like, <laughs> get out of here if you're like yeah. gonna be quiet. Like, <laughs> don't you wouldn't go into a strip club just to stare at them and not tip them. So I I do kind of like yeah. I do dom my audience a little bit. Uh, my audience does tend to mm-hmm. be kind of switchy as well, so they can kind of go either way. So it's fun. I can just like be myself all the time and not really like think about oh i'm a character or whatever i'm just like always just flowing with it and doing whatever 
Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it too. On streaming, like it, I've noticed that my personality, or I should say, my mood changes mm-hmm. per game. Like if we're just chatting, we'll chat about fucking anything. And if we're playing like if it's like something like Grand Theft Auto, it's fucking heated as fuck. I'm like, you son of a bitch. And uh we're just like going shit off of that. But if it's like we just recently played like The Last of Us too, so it was like all scary, kind of chill content. We're just like, oh, oh, getting fucking jump scared and stuff. So yeah, I understand that you just kinda kinda play mm-hmm. with the audience and see what yeah. you know what works. Um Yeah, that's so fucking interesting. The Dom stuff. Like it it's that that's that's the point of the adult industry that I guess I never get into because I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a weird kink like that, I guess. You know, like I'm not into feet or anything like that. I just like a really sexy looking girl. I'm like, bada bing, bada boom, good. Um, But that's interesting to find out that, yeah, people should support the verified stuff. Because now that I think about it, I feel like that is more of my content because I'm like watching like mini diva and people like that. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't know, but she she's just like she looks hot, so I'm just like all right, cool. Yeah. They you know works for me. That's all I care about. But I also like because um, I do it with cosplayers too. Like I love the personality mm-hmm. behind somebody. Like that's getting that's what'll make me support you. Like if you have a good personality, and I think that's what I appreciate about like Instagram and Twitter. It's Twitter not so much. I don't get on Twitter as much anymore because I feel like that is where people go to mm-hmm. be really no filtered. But then when you really talk mm-hmm. to them, like you're not like that. Like, why are you so fucking fired up on Twitter? But you're like so soft and sweet when mm-hmm. we fucking talk. You know what I mean? Um, I think I like Instagram because people put their personality mm-hmm. out there in photos. And, you know, they'll tweet stuff in their Instagram stories. as kind of like mini vlogs. And it's one of the reasons why I can't I can't do vlogs anymore. Because I was like, I just do that on yeah. Instagram stories. Like, that's my fucking vlogs, you know? So um, I always find that interesting. But, yeah, I think... It's a very interesting aspect because I would say, like, yeah, why would I pay for it when, like, there's websites like Pornhub? But I have noticed over time that, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like, I care more about these, like, just smaller creators and stuff like that because you kind of know where they're coming from. And you can get on their Instagrams and they chat and they're just like, hey, I'm playing fucking Grand Theft Auto today, y'all. Like, y'all want to come hang out and stuff? I think that's kind of kind of cool. Um, I will say, like, I'm not – I don't, like – I've never been really a big live stream person. So like cam girl stuff has never really been, I'm just not into it. You know, I'll just like get a VOD and I'm just like, all right, cool, whatever. Um, even on Twitch, like I don't really find myself watching a lot of streamers. I'm just like, I'll yeah. play the video games myself, you know? Like it's just, I'm just not into, I guess, live content because it goes a mm-hmm. little too slow for me. Yeah, I feel you. If that makes sense, you know? Um, but you know what? I mean, people love it. Obviously, Twitch is a huge thing because of that. And I'm assuming that a lot of campsites. What's the biggest campsite? Is um, it porn? No, I think it honestly might be my free cams, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Not a chatterbait. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Chatterbait? <laughs> I've never heard of that. So yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, so going into like I guess your actual content, I know you said you cook and stuff like that. Um what what goes into is a, a lot of your content solo or do you, you said I, you have I a boyfriend and you still have a boyfriend and don't, don't have a boyfriend and is that like is it just your boyfriend do you do I videos do with him i'm yes. assuming uh, i also do videos with other people yeah. i have like some content with other girls i have content with like another guy and another girl um but the vast majority of my mm-hmm. content is solo um because it's the easiest to make okay. and like when you make content with other people, it's like $300 to get tested each time. And sometimes you don't even make that yeah. much back from the video. So I, I personally just like solo mm-hmm. the best because I'm going to be making the most money off of it. It's fun to make content with other people though. But. Yeah, for sure. 
So how do you go into picking like, so obviously you have a boyfriend, so I guess you don't uh, deal with this as much, but uh, if you're in the industry and then like, say you're into somebody, like, how does that go about? Like, is it just like, hey, I want to fuck? Or is it like, you gotta be like, no, you're gonna get fucking tested. You're gonna do all this shit. Like, how does that, so, yeah, how do you I'm go a, about it? in an open relationship like, right now. So um, I am still like okay. dating around, I guess. Um, I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny because I'll, I've talked to a couple of people where, I'm like, okay, um, yeah, we can meet up, but you have to get like an industry standard test first, like an STD test. Uh, And they're like, what? Like, really? I'm like, yeah, bitch, this is my job. Like, and this is my body as well. Like, you should be doing this with anybody that you fuck, in my opinion. Like, I don't care if you're in the industry or not. Mm -hmm. You should get tested before each new partner. Um, And like, so some people have just been like, what? Like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like you don't have to get a test. Uh, we'll be fine. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm clean or whatever. I'm like, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to fuck you then. (laughs) But other people have been really cool about it and will get tested. I'm like really grateful that people like respect me enough to get tested. So, um, it is nice. Um, Mm -hmm. it's really like, I don't know. It's, it's not super weird. I personally don't really want to like hang out with anybody who's not okay with the industry anyway so it's it's pretty easy like um i guess not right now like during the virus but before the virus like it was it was relatively easy there aren't really many people around me so i'd have to like travel if i wanted to like hang out with people but um Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not too weird yeah that's cool yeah no i've always just been curious with that because like I don't know. Like, do you? How many shitty DMs do you get? They're like, really... do you get yeah, shitty DMs still, or no? Is it just yeah, like you're used to it? I get like the the DMs that I get are like, because I close okay, close my Twitter DMs after I got like a death threat. Um, yeah, so some guy really no, it was wasn't it my family, family <laughs> but uh, surprisingly, <laughs> but um, just some guy like messaged me like hard eyes. And I just sent him a heart back, like, mm-hmm. because I'm just like, this is customer service. I'm going to, like, acknowledge the people who are DMing me. Yeah. And and then immediately after, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I was like, what? And it, I guess it was his girlfriend who, like, saw the message of the heart and was like, why are you messaging my boyfriend? I'm like, he uh... sent me heart eyes. Like, what? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah. I turned off my Twitter DMs, and now I just have Instagram DMs on. And pretty much the only messages I get are just, like, hi. Like, nobody says anything else after hi. I'm like, yeah. if you really want to talk to me, maybe say something like, uh, hi, like, how are you? Or like, I don't know, just like something else besides hi. So I don't really respond to those messages. Um, they're really, yeah, it's yeah. really not annoying. I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a, I'm, I am have an older mindset, but I feel like talking to somebody on, well, I guess, so this is the way I view it, right? I feel like girls are constantly getting talked to like constantly getting the highs and talk to about people so i feel like they automatically go into this like okay this guy's trying to date me mindset so it's like you better have actually something interesting to talk about um because like i'm like how do you how do you approach somebody online that you want you're interested in you know what i mean like, i just feel like it's very different because like i don't know if you're you're on like the tinders or the bumbles or dating apps at all since you already say you are in an open relationship 
Um, I don't know if you fuck with those, but like even those are weird because it's like people play games and it's like they're just fucking it's swiping left or right. We're genuinely judging each other off of our fucking looks. Like like people don't even have bios in those things sometimes. I just feel like the dating sphere right now is really weird. Um, you know, in this new generation. So it's just like because it fucking it doesn't help with the pandemic, obviously, because now the meeting people in person is like out the window. So now it's specifically like, hey, we're doing online shit. Um, but I think it's very interesting. But yeah, I don't know. So that's cool. So do you? I know you said you made I because I think I saw you posting about this on Instagram. It was with that mm-hmm. chicken a guy right recently. So how does that connection come about? Y'all watch each other's content? Like, how it's do you make those similar connections? similar to, like, how I used to make just, like, internet friends in the past. Like, I'll be following somebody, mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of, like, get to know them a little bit more through, like, just watching their stories or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, like, we have a lot in common. Maybe we should be friends and hang out. And if, it, if we vibe, maybe we should make content. Um, but then there have also yeah. other been times like my first orgy video. I hadn't met any of the girls until like, except for one of them until mm-hmm. the day that it happened. So that was fun too. Like, I don't know. It's, it is nice to get to know somebody before, but also it, it's, it definitely adds another level of excitement to like have an orgy with people you've just met. <laughs> so I- yeah. So do you just be like, do you show up on the day of the shoot and you're like, all right, here's my paperwork. Like, how do you, yeah, was- how does that work? So- you know what I mean? Like you'll be seeing the behind the scenes stuff. We're just seeing the good stuff. So like, how does the business aspect of it so before the shoot happen? For like the orgy, for example, my friend was like, uh, my birthday's coming up. Um, I'm trying to have an orgy. Um, everyone's going to be in town. Can I add you to this group chat so we can plan this orgy? like yeah please like Mm -hmm. add me to the group chat i would love to be part of this orgy and then slowly other people just keep getting added to the group chat and then we have like an orgy group chat Mm -hmm. and then um so like the group has been decided and then yeah the day of pretty much everybody like before the shoot everybody is filling out paperwork for like an hour because there's so much paperwork especially (laughs) with something like an orgy because I mean, like, seven people involved. Like, there's there's just, like, seven times more paperwork. So it's yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Is it, like, consent forms so or what is it's it? It's, like, so, like, What's NDA forms. Um, there's, like, model release forms. Uh, just, like, uh, record keeping for, like, the website so that you can upload um, IDs, uh, STD mm. testing forms. Um, and then at the beginning of the scene, we have like, uh, like a consent video. So we'll film like, okay, here are my boundaries. This is what I don't want to do. This is what I do want to do. So it's on film so that there's like mm-hmm. proof yeah, just in case anybody's like boundaries get crossed or anything. Oh, so yeah. you actually yeah. film that consent part? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. See, it's funny that you don't see any of the behind the right? scenes. Yeah. Shit. It's like Hollywood, you know, it's like, all right, you're going to see the, see the good yeah. stuff. You don't see the bad stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on the? Have you been keeping up with the Mia Khalifa a stuff little bit, yeah. recently? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like of her basically kind of warning people from getting in the industry. She says she doesn't have anything against the industry, like sex work in general, but she doesn't recommend people get into it. I feel like it's do, one of those things. On like, I mean, it's going to be a different experience for everybody. Um, I know she she did a couple of like professional scenes, and it's one of those cir- circumstances where she just got paid, you know, once for each scene. And then she like stopped. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really make that much at all. Um, 
Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Bucks, and I mean, just like mm-hmm. mainstream companies, like that. Pretty much any website or company that you're working with will have some uh, bad things about it. Obviously, like nothing is perfect, but the mainstream porn industry is mm-hmm. pretty like. I don't know. I don't know if I would recommend anybody get into it without like a lot of research. Like you need to heavily research like the directors, the your scene partners, because you might think that they're okay because they're with a professional company, but that doesn't mean they're not a rapist. That doesn't mean like it's it's gonna be okay. So um I feel like it is a good warning. Like, yeah, you should do like a lot of research before you start in Mm -hmm. the industry and still as you're in the industry just be continuing this research because things are always changing um yeah make sure it's something you really want to do i'm not sure what she what her intention was going into it if she was just trying to make money um but yeah i feel like it's something you have to make sure that you actually really want to do it and that you're going to enjoy it um and also you need to like realize that everybody that you know is going to find out um so like yeah. if you're going into it like oh let me just like hide and like nobody's gonna find out like you probably just shouldn't do it <laughs> yeah no that was the interesting thing if you want to hear a good conversation with her uh she was on oh, philip okay. franco's podcast the um a conversation with and that's kind of where i learned a lot about her because like I, I everybody was like always talking about this mia khalifa chick and i saw her and i was like yeah, all right like she's just not my cup of tea you know and uh but everybody's like oh she's the best she's the best and i'm just like okay cool and but i saw white i saw the vi- like that video she got popular on you know like the one where she was wearing like the i think they call it the hijab uh, the hijab or what do they call it the yeah. um you know the the cloth that they wear around their head I, I apologies i don't know the actual term but um you know that was like the very big thing and everybody's like oh shit because apparently she got like death threats over it and shit from like her country or like mm-hmm. oh, from where she's from or just um, I guess like Muslims in general and stuff. So it was pretty crazy. But she talks about how she got like discovered. Like she said, somebody came in they're like, Hey, you're a really pretty girl. Um, would you be interested in this? And she said that she did it just because she was like, Oh yeah, it'll, you know, it made me feel good. And like, that's why she did it. But she said, if she could take it back, wow. she would 100%. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. And she goes into talking about how she was like, it fucking wasn't worth it. Like, it's just, I got like paid shit and those videos are going to be online forever. And it's crazy because she's, I think she said she only did about three months of work and like still constantly. And she's been offered like huge money contracts to come back apparently. And she's like, no, she's like, I'm done. But she's actually, you know, she's made a good career post, you know, post this whole stuff. And, um, you know, because she's into sports and modeling and all this jazz and she's got a big Instagram following now. So uh, but with that, what are your like future plans? Like because so the one thing she talks about is like you're kind of fucked going forward if you're trying to get back into the (laughs) real world. You know what I mean? Because everybody's like, you did what? And like, you know, a lot of companies would consider that like. I guess an issue because maybe they don't want a sexual harassment lawsuit because maybe some people have seen your content. They're constantly want to be around you. Um, so like, what are you investing money? Like, what are your, how are you trying to stay secure for the future? Because unfortunately I don't know how, like in your industry, it feels like people would get phased yeah. out over time because we yeah. are human, we age and people are just like, I'm not about it anymore. So, like, what are your, how do you view the future? Um, I see it, like, if I'm going to be, 
working with any companies in the future, like outside of the adult industry, I don't want to be working with them if they don't mm-hmm. accept sex workers. I don't want to be working with anybody who discriminates against sex workers. So, um, Mm-hmm. My plan, like, I personally would love to make some, like, milf porn, some, like, grandma porn. Like, I plan, oh, yeah, I plan on, like, scaling it down. Like, I probably won't be uploading, like, 11 videos per week when I'm older. But um, I do, yeah. I plan on just upping the quality of all of my content um, and just being able to, like, just kind of uh, go bigger scale, like, hire videographers and just make it more like mainstream quality um and just like stay in Mm -hmm. the industry like just honestly indefinitely like I said I'd love to make like grandma porn I plan on being in shape my whole life like I plan on getting more in shape as I get older and um I don't know yeah I I love it it's one of my favorite art forms so it's something I I won't ever give up but I do plan on also Mm -hmm. adding other forms of income like I want to have a line of frozen ready to eat vegan food that's like really healthy and like minimally processed um and just like uh just like packaged foods like just really really healthy uh vegan foods ready to eat um that's like one of my bigger goals um what else I also want like a sustainable makeup brand as well um, so I have a lot of like bigger projects that are going to happen later also like a lingerie brand uh, like sustainable lingerie mm-hmm. so there there are a lot of things uh, that will happen eventually um, I'm just right now my main focus is just upping the quality of my current content okay yeah yeah I know quality will change a lot of things you know I always tell my friends that get into the get into the business I'm like fix your audio first and then worry about video second because like if you get into a video that has shitty ass audio you're just like I'm done I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to this so I always tell my friends that because like a lot of my friends are trying to be like musicians Mm. and stuff so I'm just like yeah definitely work on audio (laughs) like really do that yeah for sure because that's going to be the biggest thing but yeah that's interesting because you know you see it's kind of like any profession you know like once you well i guess then again it's not like any profession because you know you have pro sports eventually your body's going to let you down you know like in pro sports and you can only do it for if you're lucky 10 10 years if you're Mm -hmm. great 20 years but it, yeah, it does seem like the porn industry, um, people will be watching girls for 10 mm-hmm. to 20 years, you know, if they're like, oh, they dropped a new video, so and so, let's check it out. So yeah, it's very, um, you know, I, it, it's a weird, it's weird that people are being able to follow it. But then again, we just, we've mm-hmm. seen it in YouTube, where people have been watching yeah. Jenna Marbles for 10 years, which unfortunately, mm-hmm. she just stopped. But like Philip DeFranco has mm-hmm. been doing it for 10 years and stuff like that. So uh it's weird the space we're in but yeah i'm hoping that you're able to continue and grow and grow and grow um with this but yeah i think it's smart that you are thinking about other things because just like youtube you need to think of a mm-hmm. second source of income like did, is can your industry do merch um, like yeah. i mean there so like um on my like many vids for example i have like a clip store and then i have mm-hmm. like a an item store so like um, right now, I'm not selling mm-hmm. anything physical because of the virus, and I just don't want to like leave my house. Um, yeah. But normally, I'd sell like mm-hmm. stickers or like um, I have like a red bubble where I just have like shirts and prints and stuff. Um, so there is like 
there is a good bit of merch that I have. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely common. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I feel like there are some people that are still very quiet about what they're into. Mm-hmm. So it's like not wearing a yeah. Lizzie Loves shirt. You know what I mean? They're like, what's that? And then somebody goes and searches. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God. Um, so that would be pretty interesting. But uh, all right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But I do have one question that I think is, I think the one thing that, or it's kind of like a two-part question. But one thing that happens when it comes to porn or when it comes to porn and relationships is everybody says porn sets unrealistic standards do you think that's true Uh, personally no because i feel like that's like saying like um the most the the richest person in the world's like wedding cakes sets an unrealistic standard for everybody else's wedding cakes like you don't have to compare things to porn like i i don't know i really don't think it sets unrealistic standards like you can watch whatever you want you can watch vanilla porn like it's porn like Mm -hmm horror movies like set unrealistic standards but people like i don't know it's just like it's just like any other type of content in my opinion like everybody's into something different um you don't have to watch something that you're not into like uh and feel pressured to do that like i don't know it's just does that make sense (laughs) yeah no i get it i get it yeah because i mean i think from from my standpoint, and, I, and this happened a lot in our relationship because we were together for a while, but yeah, me and my girl would see something like, oh, we could try it, why not, you know, whatever. I think it, you know, depending on the kind of relationship you have with somebody, mm-hmm. it can be very experimental, uh, especially if you watch it together and be like, oh, and it could help oh, you yeah. grow in a relationship. Um, and, you know, or it could be bad for your relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't really know, you know, but I mean, if people are down to try stuff, I don't see why it's not, it's not why a thing. And yeah, I think it's just, I, I do think it comes to because when it's used the most, it's it's used that men expect this from women, but, you know, not every woman's into that. And so I think men need to understand that. But at the same time, I have met women and have been with women that are totally yeah. into that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 that's me. That's me. So, yeah, I think it just depends on who you meet. And I think that's what Definitely. people need to understand. But the the, the interesting thing I, I saw, which is the second part of it is a lot of people's i guess they're i guess this is probably like a men's argument to the whole porn thing they're like well do romantic comedies set up unrealistic standards for <laughs> men than for women and i was like that is the weirdest argument but it's yeah. kind of true <laughs> you know it's like it could be the same thing because there are guys out there that are super charming and whatever and they're gonna do whatever you want or like you know be your mm-hmm. you know prince charming but uh yeah sometimes every guy's like no i'm not gonna what i'm not gonna do what that guy would do right. that doesn't make any fucking sense like you know so uh i don't know i just uh, i wanted to ask that question because you know you're in the industry and well so have you always been with the same guy since i you have got in the yeah industry? i probably wouldn't have gotten into the industry if i wasn't with him um because he just like mm-hmm. made me feel safe like and he was like down with me no was he doing it before um, he actually like uh <laughs> I had always like thought it would be fun to work in the industry, whether it would be like stripping or camming. Um, but I just I never really thought I'd have a partner who would even be open to it. Um, so I never even like let myself mm-hmm. pursue it. Um, 
and I knew obviously yeah. my family wouldn't be into it either. But once I had a partner that was like down, he he actually was like, I'm really nervous to ask you this, but would you ever be interested in a threesome? And I was like, oh my God, yes, yes, I would. Like, I'm so glad you asked me this. Um, would you be okay if I like cammed for a living? <laughs> and and so like, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was open to it. And that kind of started the conversation and we started camming together and that's how I got started. And our relationship has definitely evolved because of camming. Um, before, like when we first started, we weren't in an open relationship. We were just in like a, a normal relationship, yeah. I guess. And um, just like mm -hmm. being around other performers who were in open relationships and just like, just the freedom and like, uh, one of the main things I love about it is that I'm personally a switch, but my partner is, uh, he's a dom, like he's not a sub in any way, really. Um, so I'm like, well, mm -hmm. I, like, who the fuck can I dominate? Like, um, so I really like yeah. being in an open relationship because then I don't have to like, I don't have to not be able to dominate people or I, I don't have to like lower my standards or just like, I don't know. I just have more options now. I can have like everything I want really. <laughs> so it's, it's nice. Yeah. And so with being in an open relationship, do you is it like all based on communication and you're like hey i'm about to go hook up with so-and-so yeah, like yeah, how does that work very open communication like yeah i'm about to go like fly somewhere to like fuck somebody <laughs> like mm -hmm. see you later like hope you have fun um, yeah it's... and then do you have to like provide a test be like oh before we hook up again you're getting another test um what? yeah yeah like, so there's there's always testing um like i said always make sure whoever i'm sleeping with as well um is tested before so Lots and lots and lots of testing. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen as often. Like I'm not fucking people left and right. Like I would like to be, but um, yeah. yeah, I get it when I can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. So then you're basically just if you vibe, yeah. you vibe. You're down with it, and like, does it all? Is it mostly? Do you can? Do you think about it in a sense of like we're just gonna hook up because I want to, or is it like? can I make a business decision out of this? Like, how does that, do you find yourself doing it, like hooking up with other people more like for content or more just uh, for pleasure? Well, if it, I'm assuming there's probably a little bit of pleasure involved in the content yeah, yeah, too, yeah. but I would hope so. So like <laughs> but, if, if I'm you know. collabing with somebody, if I'm making content with them, I do want to make sure that I'm at least attracted to them to where the content is quality. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like, you can tell that I'm like faking it. Cause like in everything that I do, I don't want to fake anything like at all. So I don't do anything that I, I don't like. So, um, so yeah, I do like to make sure that I'm at least like attractive to whoever I'm making content with, but like yeah, out, outside of content, like, um, like I, I do fuck people off camera and yeah, I'm not thinking about content at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, I think this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, probably hopefully eye opening <laughs> for some people. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't yeah. talk about this kind of stuff or they're just, they're curious, but they never talk to somebody that's like, you know, either starting out mm -hmm. in the industry or that's in it. It's just like, uh, you know, you hear the Mia Khalifa's of the world and stuff like that. But I always wanted to, I've always wanted to have this conversation because I think it's very different because I don't, you know, you don't know the paperwork aspect of it or whatever. And yeah, a lot of people don't know of the, like the supporting amateur content like i said because everybody's like oh it's pornhub it's free i'll watch mm -hmm. whatever i want you know what i mean so there's more of an ethical side to it so the people that do care about that kind of stuff can you know go support you so where can people find you 
so uh, if, they if you want to find my safe for work stuff only you can go to lizzylovekitchen.com uh, or you can search Lizzie Loves Kitchen on spotify or you can follow my uh twitter and instagram at holistic lizzie for vegan food picks every now and then or if you want my not safe for work side you can go to islizzylove.com or just follow my social media twitter snapchat instagram at islizzylove Nice. Uh, just email me. I'll put all that stuff in the description so people can easily find you. But uh, that's going to be it. I really appreciate it. I mean, we haven't talked in so long, so it's nice to actually just, you know, hang out, talk. Uh, that's the one thing I love about this podcast. Unfortunately, freaking the pandemic has destroyed it. We are having some solid conversations before this. But yeah, thank you thank so much you for coming on. on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I wish you Thanks. the best of luck in the future. All it takes is a baseball bat to show you what I click in your jaws. A testament for trying to test me. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is Lizzie Loves. If you want to check out any of her content, whether that be the safe for work or non-safe for work content, it will be in the description down below in this podcast. So definitely go check that out. And uh, yeah, it was so good to finally sit down and talk with her. She is one of the three people that I road trip with. It's one of my fondest memories. The other one was Aaron. Uh, and the only person I need is my friend Emily. Emily, if you're listening to this, you want to join the podcast, it's just, you're down. Hit me up on Instagram because I would love to have you on the podcast too. Just because the reason why I loved it so much is because we had this, I think, just a great moment in time. And it it felt like one of those road trip movies that you do, that you watch, you know, the cheesy ones. And all the friends are just doing really good things. And it's just, oh, you can make an amazing video out of it. Blah, blah, blah. It just, it's one of my fondest memories. And everybody from that road trip, I feel, has like grown and changed so much as people. And I just want to have those conversations on this podcast. And yeah, it was just so great. But again, with Lizzie, it was so different. Like she's went on such a 360, 180, whatever you want to use the term. And I just, I, I find it fascinating now. Again, before, I was kind of worried about her. I mentioned it in the podcast a little bit that she is somebody that just dives into things. And I was just like, whoa, I hope she, you know, I hope she knows what she's doing. But now it seems like she's really thriving in this business. She knows what she wanted to do. And it's good to finally hear her side because I, I saw it as an observer on the outside. I'm like, man, what's going on? I just saw things through tweets. Uh, it's interesting to find out the family aspect, like what happened with her family. Because like I said in the podcast, I knew them as super sweet people, but then it turns out that that wasn't how she viewed them. So I think these kind of situations and things are very good because as viewers of somebody else's lives, we always think that we know the person and that we know like, oh my God, they're making such bad decisions or this and that. But we, you genuinely don't. Like That's why you shouldn't judge people from the outside. You should get to know people and see what they're going through and then see what is really driving their decisions. So I thought this was a, such a great conversation because I didn't know any of this. Like I had stopped talking to Lizzie a long time ago just because I was moving in a different direction. She was going in a different direction. We all kind of were splitting up and doing our own things. It's just kind of what happens in life with friends. And to just kind of reconnect uh, through Instagram and then wanting to do this podcast, I think it was just fascinating. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, again, and take some of her words to heart and use them. If you want to get into veganism or if you want to kind of just slowly start bettering yourself, go ahead and do that. Same thing, if, like she said, you know, the adult industry, porn, stuff like that is a luxury. 
And if you want to help out the actual creators, the women or the men in that business, make sure you're actually going to their profiles and watching their videos opposed to the stuff that is stolen and done somewhere else because at least you're helping them out. And that's, you know, something I didn't really ever think about. So, yeah, I thought this conversation was great. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope to have more stuff like this with other people on this podcast because the Juice from the Box podcast will not die. We're just trying to figure out what our schedule is going to be going forward because this freaking COVID stuff is definitely throwing a wrench in our plans. But that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. As always, I'm your host, Juicebox. Remember, when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. Find my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.